Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I'm Eric Von Hessler. I'm joined this week by the publisher of Poets, Artists, and Mad Men, Patrick Best. Good afternoon. Of course, Jared Yamamoto. How's it going, Eric? And our very own English Nick. Hello. And to start this one off, we have on the phones, Eric Erickson. How are you, Eric? How are you? I'm well. So it seems that you had a pretty quiet weekend, my friend. Yeah, no news at all. Just yeah. checking the headlines. <laughs> just some guy named Eric yeah. been doing something. You know, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. He's just not getting any press. So I wanted. I, I reached out and said, "We need to get Eric on, on the air." Now, Eric, I know you don't have a whole lot of time, but in case people have been living under a rock, give me a moment here to set this up. So uh, Donald Trump was invited initially to your red state gathering, and then he made these comments on CNN. These right here. And she starts asking me all sorts of ridiculous questions. And, you know, you could see there was blood coming out of her eyes, uh, blood coming out of her wherever. Okay, that's all we need to know from that. And, uh, Eric, you took exception to that and disinvited Donald Trump. And now you set off a firestorm in the Republican Party. So how do you feel about it right here and right now? Oh, I, I think I did the right thing, even more so because he, he went on a lot of TV shows today and denied uh, his story was completely different today on TV than it was when I talked to his campaign the other night. So, I mean, it, it definitely they're scrambling around trying to come up with a story. It's changed now three times since I talked to the campaign right after he said it. So he seems to, I, and, I, and I'm wondering if this is maybe I'm not, I'm not a mistake on your part, but it seems to me that he implied something, you inferred it, and because of that, now he can point to you and say, hey, I didn't mean it that way. Do you think that's going to be effective? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, I was actually at dinner when it happened, and I came back uh, into the hotel room, uh, was met by about 15 to 20 people who had heard it, and it all come to the exact same conclusion about what he was implying, that Megyn Kelly was on a period. Right. Uh, and then when we played it in the ballroom uh, Saturday morning so people could understand why I disinvited him, a lot of people who had heard I disinvited him were very angry, uh, stood up and applauded afterwards. I mean, it... it, it Everyone, I think, interpreted that way. In fact, when I called the Trump campaign Friday evening, they wouldn't even admit he had said it. Mm -hmm. And then when I said, well, I need him to either clarify or apologize or he needs to be disinvited, they called back and said, you, he said whatever, not wherever. Don Lemon mm -hmm. wouldn't let it go, and he was trying to move it along, and so he said, whatever. You heard wherever. He meant whatever. Sure, sure. And so now he said, oh, I, I meant out of her nose. She was bleeding mm -hmm. out of her nose. Well, why didn't you tell me that when I called you Friday night? Sure. Now, some people might think that, I mean, this is your gathering, and you have the right to invite and disinvite. It's your, it's your gathering. I think some people are wondering, why why not let him come there and then put him on the spot with questioning right there? Did, did the format not necessarily allow for that, or could you have put him on the spot right there. 
I, I could have put Donald Trump on the spot on Saturday night, um, but I didn't think it was appropriate. He's, if he's going to go on TV and say that, well, a journalist asking me a tough question is because she's having her period. Uh, I, look, I pick everybody who's, who's at the gathering. I tell everyone who's there they can't be a jerk, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to have Donald Trump on my stage after making that allegation about someone. Good Lord, if you're going to say Megyn Kelly was having her period because she asked you a tough question, uh, what's going to happen when Vladimir Putin does something to you? Or, you know, what I think is actually a further thing as, as far, and I think that in a way you're kind of reminding Republicans about this without myself taking necessarily a, a, a side on this. It's very likely that the Republican can, a nominee is going to face a woman. And yes. in, in, if, you're, if a primary is to sort of test out the mettle of somebody and see where they're standing and how they respond to things and how they act, I think it is a good question for Republicans to say, could we lose an election because you just say so? I mean, if, if, you're, if you're being disinvited from the red state gathering, what is the mainstream media going to do to you in a general election if you suggest something about that, like that about Hillary Clinton? Well, look what the media did to Mitt Romney in his 47% remark that was off the record and, and caught on videotape. I mean, Donald Trump will be eaten alive by the press. And people think, oh, the nation agrees with Donald Trump. Actually, 67% of people in the Republican right. Party say they would never vote for Donald Trump to begin with. Do you see yourself as, you are certainly a Republican influencer. You are, you are a Republican insider who influences things. Do you, do you see yourself kind of on the vanguard of the Republicans who are going to say, wait a minute, let's take a second look here, feeling like people need that, that they need to hear that in the party? You know, if among conservatives, yeah, probably so. I, I've been very lenient to, to Trump and give him a lot of latitude because he is an, a non-professional politician, and most of the zany things he said have been about policy positions or other candidates. But when you now go out and you start attacking people who aren't candidates, but people just doing their job, and your conclusion is they're on their period, mm-hmm. I, I think conservatives have to say, is this really the guy we want as the messenger for limited government? Well, on that, I'll just say that I, 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 this is you know half, uh, half tongue-in-cheek, but I, I believe that maybe you disinvited him for the wrong reason. I believe the reason the man should have been disinvited was because at the very beginning of the debate, he re- raised his hand and basically said, I'm an interloper. I'm not a part of your, I'm not really a Republican at all, and if you people please me, and I feel that I like you well enough, then yes, I'll run with you. I mean, the Republican Party is a club. No one is no one is forced. It's a voluntary association. And I, I, I'm continually, I know you have to go soon, but I'd like to get your point of view on this. The, the uh, antagonism that some Republicans have for their own party may be spilling over into kind of weirdness now, where uh, the arms are put around a guy who basically says, I'm not really one of you, but I'll use your platform so long as it suits me. Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. I, I gave an interview with The Atlantic the other day where I, I pointed out the Republican Party created Donald Trump. Uh, they ran in 2010, 2012, 2014 saying they were going to do certain things and not do other things. Mm-hmm. They have broken all of those promises. So there is a healthy contingent of people within the Republican Party who just want to burn it down now. And Donald Trump's the guy lighting the matches and pouring the kerosene. Uh, I think he's going to wind up burning himself down before he burns down the party, though. He taps into a lot of anger, which is why I wanted him there. He legitimately represents a lot of anger within the Republican Party toward Republican leaders. But even that, don't confuse political correctness and common decency when you're on the campaign trail. You know, the the only downside of not having Trump there is I really wanted to ask him one question on stage. He said in the debate that he gives campaigns money, and for example, Hillary Clinton had no choice but to come to his wedding. I just wanted to ask why the hell he wanted to give Hillary money to come to his wedding. (laughs) I also thought that was a very, I I did not think that his debate performance was that great, and I thought that was one of the things where he had set this up. I give money to all these people, and whenever I call, they 
they jump and they say how high. And when he's asked for one uh, specific moment where that happened, he brings up the fact that Hillary Clinton attended his daughter's wedding. How does that hurt me as a taxpaying citizen? I don't think that added up at all. I don't think it added up at all. And why would you? I mean, his wife was hot. Bill Clinton would have shown up on his own. Yes. <laughs> was it his wedding or was it his daughter's wedding? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, Eric, I appreciate you being on. And uh, Eric's going to be on tomorrow, of course, from 5 to 7 p.m. and uh, won't have me in the way and could speak to you directly on. Very quickly, uh, do you, I don't know even if you allow yourself to do this, but if you had to give, say, who did the best presentation over the weekend, who would you give it to? Oh gosh, uh, you know. I, let me tell you, tell it to you this way. I asked all the uh, attendees, eight hundred of them, to submit questions. The two biggest stacks for the the speakers were Scott Walker and Ted Cruz. It was Ted Cruz's crowd, but a lot of people left the room with Marco Rubio at the end of Friday, saying, "Wow, that guy knows how to connect to people." Yeah, he he really his star. Real, I, and very quickly uh, with you, I, I think that with so many candidates, uh, a lot of this money is going to collapse. It's going to collapse. There's there's too many people holding the same space. I think Ted. Cruz, Mike Huckabee, uh, this money is going to collapse pretty quickly, I think, into four or five candidates. Don't you believe that? Yeah, I think so. As a matter of fact, the latest polling from Thursday, Friday shows that um, Ted Cruz's uh, popularity has gone up as Donald Trump's has come down. I think Ted Cruz probably benefits from the Donald Trump collapse. And one more question before I let you go. Do you believe that you've put yourself on the line here? You are an insider. You are an influencer in the Republican Party. And you've basically been the first one to stand up to Donald Donald Trump. Now, the way I put this is, in the next three weeks, if he goes up 20 more points and comes anywhere close to the nomination, does that hurt you in the long run, like Erickson didn't really have the pull? On the other hand, if he begins to dive now and Republicans start saying, you know what, he's not really our what we thought he was going to be, then, of course, your star kind of rises. I know you can't really judge yourself that way, but do you think you put yourself on the line like that? Hey, you know, I, honestly, I don't care. I think I did the right thing, and, and well, it, it blows yeah. me up. It blows me up. But, you know, what do the Iowa straw poll and Donald Trump have? in common? Uh, was, me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, if everything blows up or not, I'm still offended that you haven't invited me for your uh, your whiskey collection, your scotch collection. <laughs> Come on, I'm, it's going to be October 1st. We'll have about 100 different models there. All right, good. I am a connoisseur. Eric Erickson, you'll be able to hear from him on his own show here, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. tomorrow. I'm sure. I think I know what you're going to talk about, at least out of the box. And uh, I've got some new recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, we will actually get to Headlines of the Week and the other things that we do every week here on the Von Hessler Doctrine when we return. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm joined by uh, Patrick Best, Jared Yamamoto, and, of course, English Nick. WSB's Kirk Mellis is predicting a high around 93, and we're talking a 9 on the Mellish meters. So cal- Solid. I know you all have your home Mellish meters calibrated home. <laughs> Today we're calling for a nine on that Mellish meter. This weather report and report is brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. So I want to thank again Eric Erickson for joining us a little bit earlier. And uh, let me just say, is there any room in this conversation for somebody who dislikes Donald Trump and Megyn Kelly? Because <laughs> that's kind of where I find myself. I do agree that I'm, I'm not a huge... Uh, look, I don't have anything against Megyn Kelly, personally. But I, I don't... As a reporter, I find her to be hyperbolic. Yeah. And this uh, reputation that she has of always asking the tough questions, uh, I, I didn't see that in the Duggar interview. And that's where she really lost me, which I thought was full of softballs. And she was throwing them lifelines, new narratives. Do you think you're being beaten up because of your Christianity? Things like this. When you wouldn't ask questions like... 
like that of, uh, I don't think, Bill Cosby, for instance. And so I thought that uh, I'm not a huge Megyn Kelly fan, but her star is on the rise. Conservatives love her. Her ratings are great on Fox News. Uh, but uh, I'm not a fan of either. That's where I stand in, 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 in the midst of all this. But I wonder uh, about it. Again, I be- let's go to uh, DeMarco. Go, go to number one there. The very beginning of the debate where the first question basically is, is any, are you all willing to say that you will not run as a third-party can, uh, candidate? And Trump was the only one who raised his hand to say no. Gentlemen, we know how much you love hand-raising questions. So we promise this is the only one tonight. The Jared, only one. Cut this out. I mean. Is there anyone on stage, and can I see hands, who is unwilling tonight to pledge your support to the eventual nominee of the Republican Party and pledge to not run an independent campaign against that person. Again, we're looking for you to raise your hand now. Raise your hand now if you won't make that pledge tonight. Mr. Trump. So that's, that's enough of it. And basically he goes on to say, well, if I'm the nominee, I can pledge my support and more more arrogance. Here's my point here. If you're a Democrat, if you're a Libertarian, if you're a Republican, uh, parties are voluntary association. The Republican Party is a club. You can be in it. You can be out of it. We don't live in one of those countries where you're forced to be a member of the party. This is voluntary. And I do not get how Republicans wouldn't have been so repulsed by that answer, basically saying, well, if you please me long enough, I'll stick around. I don't see how that doesn't offend Republicans. How angry are Republicans that they are willing to say, yes, use us, Mm -hmm. use us, do anything? I really find that to be a desperate, desperate thing. And without the Eric Erickson uh, controversy over the weekend being disinvited and all of that, that alone, if the Republican Party has any spirit, any respect for itself left, that alone should be a reason that his poll numbers go down. But as I've said before, I am out of the business of trying to tell you what Donald Trump's this is or that's are going to do to his poll numbers next week because I have been wrong and then I was wrong and remember that was that other time I was wrong so I'm out Three of that times. business I'm out of that business <laughs> but I mean does the republic to me it's just the Republican Party have no respect for itself and it just allows itself to be used by a guy who admits at the beginning of the first debate that I'm not really a Republican. I think there's a lot of general visions, though, for the Republican Party. I mean, you really do have the the centrist Republicans, and sure. then you also have the the, the really right wing Republicans there's, there's, too. Uh, there's to there's the uh, evangelical Christians. There's libertarian minded Republicans. It's a big tent. Every party has them, but. On day, I don't think, and people can look this up. I could be wrong about this. I don't think Ross Perot started in the Republican Party. Didn't he run his third party thing? I'm as pretty third sure he party? did too. Maybe I he did. did. Maybe I he did. So the second time around, he was just a he was just a third party from right. straight up, and he got almost about the same. I think around eighteen, nineteen percent. But he certainly didn't say in the very beginning <laughs> to Republicans, if you don't nominate me, I'm going to do what I can to make sure you don't win this election, which is basically what Donald Trump mm. said. Look, Teddy Roosevelt lost a third party run for the presidency. They don't work. They've never worked. So for him, to, when you jump in as a third party, you only hurt the party that's closest to you. That's history. That's known. But the amazing thing about this, though, about Trump, though, is the fact that he has a 10% lead on even his closest candidate. I mean, right. you've got 16 serious candidates running for president right now, and he has a 10% lead Have, I don't on know. Bush? I don't know that we've got enough numbers after that debate. My, my feeling know. about that debate was that uh, in a cumulative fashion, it may have hurt Trump because Trump's idea is 
all these guys are stupid and you need me. Well, nobody <laughs> shot themselves in the foot. I guess Rand Paul had a kind of a bad night, but nobody shot themselves in the foot. And so I think it was a, a way for a lot of Republicans to say, well, maybe that's not true. This guy Rubio looks pretty sharp. Uh, Carly Fiorina looked fantastic in the first debate. So I, I think in a cumulative sense, without this whole Megyn Kelly sideshow, I think that that debate was going to wind up hurting Donald Trump. But what do I know about it? Patrick, I know I brought you in here, and now we're going to another commercial. I promise I will allow you to speak. And uh, also we'll get, to, we'll get to some WTF when we return. Ah, uh, the clean slate of a new school year. There hasn't been time for... I think I left my backpack on the bus again. Or my personal favorite... Guess what? We get to bring the Clash Tarantula home for break. Nope. Right now, there's still the chance to start the year off right. Especially when you... Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Autumn's not with us this week. Patrick Best from Poets, Artists, and Mad Men is with us. Yep, I'm here. Say something, because I'm going to allow you to speak. <clears throat> I'm here. Uh, Thank Jared, you very much. Jared Yamamoto is with us, and of course, English Sick. You know, if it's Sunday, it's time to go out and pick up your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This week for an in-depth look at years of scandal and widespread corruption in one metro Atlanta county. If it's Sunday... It's the Sunday AJC. Now, Patrick Best is here. We've been talking about the Eric Erickson, Donald Trump, red state kerfuffle. And uh, Patrick, right. you had uh, something you wanted to say about that. No, I, I mean, I, I don't agree with Eric Erickson on all the issues, but uh, he's obviously a brave and very principled guy. Because um, this was like... Uh, having tickets to a, the Led Zeppelin reunion tour, mm -hmm. and then finding out that Robert Plant has been uninvited <laughs> yeah. and replaced by David Coverdale yes. from Whitesnake. You know, I, uh, forgot, yes. I forgot to ask Eric uh, this, that uh, I know that during his speech he said, if anybody wants to have a refund, I will refund your money. And I meant to ask him, I forgot to ask him, do you know, Jared, if he had to refund any or how many? I, I don't know offhand, but right. I can get that information. Fair, get that information. You have his text number, do you not? You are a Connected, Jim. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did. A, he did a favor to the Republican Party, uh, I think, by mm -hmm. uninviting uh, Trump to this event. But he also, I think, paved the way for Trump to run as an independent and, that, and actually doom the Republican Party. There's a possibility there because if you if you upset Trump, he might just say, you know what, I'm gonna throw a billion dollars. This remember that last time around, it was a big deal that Barack Obama raised one billion dollars and. Trump can just say, yeah, I'm going to spend a billion dollars, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no and I'm just going to ruin this whole thing. And he's basically, if you listen to more of his uh, response at the beginning of that debate, he said, uh, I, I'm going to keep my leverage. Uh, Republicans, do you have any self-respect? You're putting a guy in front who's saying, he's telling people he's using you as leverage. I just don't get the embrace of this guy. If he wants to run a third-party thing, run a third-party thing. But uh, it seems to me that he should have been disinvited for raising his hand, if if nothing else. But then again, I've been... I, look, I, I, I love... Apprentice, celebrity apprentice. I'm a big fan of the Donald where the Donald belongs, mm -hmm. but I got news for everybody. Reality TV stars are not running the state of Iran right now, all right? No. Reality TV stars not. are not in charge of ISIS. I mean, this is a serious job. It would be nice if Republicans would get serious about it, but we have Patrick Best here. He's not as good looking as Autumn, but he's pretty good looking. 
Thank I you, mean, Eric. he's a, kind of a George Clooney kind of looking dude, as far as I'm wow. concerned. But he's hey, not, he's not, not a lot younger, too. By he, the way, that's true. He's not he's he's no Autumn, but he's going to present uh, WTF for us. What the what the what the seriously what the WTF? Hey, all right. Uh, did you hear about the uh, subway? Uh, Jared Fogle problem that uh, oh he's allegedly goodness. paid a 16-year-old girl for sex. What? Don't get too far down the Ooh, line here. Boy. So first of all, this is Jared Fogle, who came to fame because apparently he lost like 400 pounds on a <laughs> right. subway. Right. I, I don't know. What I don't it, believe he was ever fat. I think those fat jeans were hiding children. That's just me. He it's like been, a, chi- a children's tent. He, <laughs> he, he, has been, he has been the spokesperson for this change since the 90s. And I always thought that there was a little bit of a scandal brewing there because I think he's been chunking up a little bit. I think he's oh, not yeah. been... But look, his whole job, this guy, his house, everything <laughs> is just based on the fact... I mean, he really has to do anything. He's made millions of dollars for something he did 20 years ago. And all he's had to do is basically maintain some kind of good weight, right? That's right. really been his job. <laughs> and he's got a big house, and he's got all this stuff, and now... okay, but with, with some, to drop 200 pounds. With, with some seriousness here, tell us what these allegations are and where they come from. Okay. Uh, according to a new report, uh, the FBI recently subpoenaed an affidavit containing text messages allegedly between Fogel and a female Subway franchisee uh, in which right Fogel there. admitted to to having uh, sex with a 16-year-old. Not more than a sandwich, he, huh? Yeah, he paid, he paid like $100 or something. But this is the yes. thing I don't... And uh. I'm, I'm always... It's like Bill Cosby and all these guys. And I know that I'm not thinking about this the right way because what I can't understand is the logic. Like, how this guy thought he would ever get away with this. And also, not for nothing, Jared... The beauty of the internet is anonymity. He's on the internet saying, "Hey, I'm Jared. I'm the I'm the guy from and and then uh, doing this and I don't that's know That's his game. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm the I'm the guy. I'm the guy who lost Subway. that way. Yeah. So I, I don't really, but then again, I realize in these situations that, you know, look, people are not using their intellect. This is something else that's going on here. And I think that Subway is glad to get rid of them. I mean, how how many places have a same spokesperson for tw- however right. long it's been, 18 he years good, or whatever. He had a good career. Yeah, he had a good little run there. But uh, I do not understand. So this guy's going to end up in jail, right? If they, this is looking to me like this guy is going to end up in jail. Yet another American icon fell well, by his own inability to be decent. I don't know what the statute of limitations are here on this issue. I'm, but I'm wondering about that because we're going to get to the Bill Cosby thing in, in outrage. But now that I, I think statute of limitations... If somebody's a lawyer and someone can tell me, but I think when you get to situations like underage and these sort of things, and I don't know that there is a statute of yeah. limitations that's that hard, you know? I mean, I think these are like, like murder. There's no statute of limitations on murder. You can't murder somebody that's seven <laughs> years later. Aha! Oh, we caught you, but it's been seven and a half years, <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have to let you got go. Got away with it. So there are certain areas of the law where statute of limitations don't really kind of kick in. I and hope I would you're right. Think, I would think underage is one of them. I still think you should check those pants. I think, well, I think that pretty soon. <laughs> They're gonna the be, fat pants. They're going to be orange, is I think pretty soon because Our, oh, uh, oh, sooner yeah. or later. I mean, how many more of these American? He's not an American icon, but he just his whole image was decency, right? I mean, I'm a yeah. I'm a nice Midwestern guy. Where do you live? Indianapolis or something? I'm, you know, kind of kind of nerdy American dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just power, man, power. The ability to do things. Remember this, anybody listening? You're only as good as your behavior when you know nobody's looking. 
Yeah. Don't fool yourself. Didn't Oprah say that? I, I believe that she stole it from me. <laughs> don't it's don't fool line. yourself. <laughs> don't fool line. yourself and go out there and start lecturing to other people if you know who you really are. And when you look in the mirror, you know who you really are. And there are, I mean... I just don't understand how this guy could ever have believed that he could be getting on the internet, paying money for this sort of thing, and ever get away. The hubris that comes in with, with celebrity and fame is astonishing. I mean, I won't even drink and drive. I will not drink and drive because I know what that will look like the next day in the paper. You know, especially when I was with the other place, shock jock gets DUI. Like, I could see that headline. And the only way that I can make sure that that headline never happens is that I never drink and drive. Mm -hmm. It's the only way I can be totally sure that that headline never happens. How there cannot be self-awareness. But then, like I say, when it gets to weirdness and perversion... Like, I'm trying to understand it through an intellectual way, and obviously it's not being driven by that. Right. I mean, remember Gary Hart, who, yeah. you know, kids, many years ago, there was this thing called the 80s, and this guy <laughs> was, was running, and he was supposed to be the fresh new thing, and there were rumors about him. There were always rumors about him that he was a philanderer, and he was having affairs on his wife. And one time, in front of reporters, as they get ready to go on the, on, on the uh, second campaign, he says, well, follow me around. You'll, and you, you're not going to find anything. So they started following him around, and they immediately saw him on a boat <laughs> with a woman on his knee that wasn't his wife. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy kind of hubris, I think, that you get inside of a bubble, and you just get so detached from reality and uh, for the repercussions for behavior, and you just you just believe that, I don't know, how powerful could Jared I mean, he was, how, but how, I mean, how know, big could his head get? He was the guy from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the smaller his body, I'm untouchable. Got, the smaller, I'm the guy from somewhere. The smaller his body got, the bigger his head got. <laughs> I guess you know, but you know, he's on TV and that kind of fame. Believe me, I've met weathermen not from this, not from this market, and certainly not from this station. But I've read, I've met weathermen in small markets who have egos bigger than than the entire market. Because oh, when you're on TV, this is what's happening with Donald Trump to a certain degree. In, in the Republican Party. There's something about being on TV. I think years and years ago, before Jimmy Kimmel, when I was out in L.A., before Jimmy Kimmel was the Jimmy Kimmel that he is now, they did an experiment maybe with a man show or something. I can't remember exactly what they did, but they took a potato, and they, <laughs> they kept having that potato, and they, they knew people in show business so they could get it on different sitcoms, just in the background, whatever, and they did, in fact, make the potato famous. Like, people would actually say, hey, that's the potato that's on TV. There's some kind of craziness that happens for people who are on TV. That's why I'm glad that I never made it to that And level. that potato became a complete jerk. Uh, yes, I absolutely. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, huge I'm, head. I'm glad that I never made it that far. I'm, I'm glad radio, it keeps me humble, right, DeMarco? Keeps me in my place where I belong. <laughs> the spud that went off the rails. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> I, I, you know, there are some ideas. There are, there are ideas out there now where they say that well, because we don't have a royal family, that it is our celebrities, yeah. the Kardashians, and I guess there's some truth to that. But absolutely uh, not, no, no truth no. whatsoever. No. If you think about it, though, Jared Fogel—that's his last name—and yep. the Queen are a lot alike because they're both famous for doing absolutely nothing, and they get money for it. Well, I mean, he ate the, a lot of Subway. I mean, that's 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 a big deal. I ate at Subway. I don't, <laughs> I'm not famous for it. Hey, remember, remember the British royals are untouchable. There was accusations that Prince Andrew had had some weird stuff over yeah. here a while oh, ago. Oh, the royals, boy. Let me tell you something. Oh, absolutely, royals, darling. All kinds of weirdness and perversions and shenanigans, let's Get say. Get the corgis, darling. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> on, have gone on to the royal family. Give me one more. Okay, let's, let's go to a sad story. You know, oh, the adorable... Thanks. 
hitchhiking hitchbot found mutilated on the side of the road in Philadelphia. You know about this story? I know that people put together this uh, this this bot. This robot. It looks like a yeah. robot, and it was hitchhiking, and it got all the way through Canada. Like Canada, Germany, and the Netherlands. <laughs> was going to go around the world. And but it only lasted two weeks in America. Surprise, surprise. It was vandalized in the great city of Philadelphia. The city is, of brotherly love. Is any of us surprised? No. Decapitated, it, yeah. It didn't make it through Philadelphia. Now, did they have... <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that the rest of the world is going, oh, America, you see? I, and I'm in America, uh, and I'm saying, Philadelphia, you see? <laughs> I know the people of Philadelphia. And I, it, would, it would surprise me if this robot was able to get through Philadelphia without this happening to it. Have they found the, so they found this thing mangled oh and decapitated the, the, on the side the, of the, the road. The photograph is hilarious <laughs> of, of, the, uh, of the little robot with its arms off oh. on the side of the road. Oh. <laughs> I feel so bad for it. But that's it was so, head was missing <laughs> so we don't have any suspects because no suspects. i don't even necessarily want anyone to go to jail i guess it's vandalism it's private right. destruction of property i just want to know the explanation Why did I, you I, do that? I want to know if like oh, if it was robot. people if people knew who it was knew what it was and deliberately did it or if there was some sort of fear that involved <laughs> like uh, i've got to get rid of this robot i just want i want to know what the purpose was <laughs> the robot offended them in some way oh if you're from, if you're from philadelphia please turn your radio down for a moment let's, let's give them a moment i hate that city <laughs> I hate the city of Philadelphia. Oh, no. I um, bump bump. WSB's Kirk Mellish is predicting, and he's pretty good at this. I don't know if you realize this. This Kirk Mellish is pretty darn good at the predictions. A high around 93, and that translates to a solid nine on the Mellish meter. This weather report is brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning. Of summer, you know the Stones are playing there, and I know that um, I'm Eric von Hessler. That's Patrick Best. That's Jerry hey. Yamamoto. That's uh, English Nick All over right. there, clucking around over there, like, doing my Mick, like Mick Jagger, doing pointing Mick at Jagger. things. Chicken, the the chicken thing. All right, Keith. All right, uh, All right I, re- I read a I read a, an article. I think it's in Esquire, uh, an interview with Keith Richard, where he said uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band was rubbish. <laughs> yeah, absolute <laughs> rubbish. And uh, I think that there was a, a further point there, and I think it is kind of true as somebody who's an old dude himself, 51 years old here, big fan of Beatles and the Stones, as time goes by, mm-hmm. I find that I am more likely to throw on a Stones record Me too. than a Beatles record, and what Keith Richard was saying was because they didn't put enough Roots Blues in there. Mm. And then it's the, the, the Roots Blues is what, what gives it the longevity. I'm not saying I, I, I still love the Beatles, and they were always my favorite band, but I think out of sheer persistence, the Stones are still going. I just saw them a couple months ago, and they were great. Yeah. You know, th- 500 years of rock and roll experience between them as they walk out on stage. I, it, it's starting to eclipse a little bit, mm-hmm. where I think the Stones are maybe a little bit uh, you know more than them. I don't, anyway, pick up the Esquire if you want to get that. Do we have time for one more little WTF sure. story here? Yeah, let's let's. Uh, the composer of one of the official anthems of Beijing's 2022 Winter Olympics is facing an first avalanche. Of all, first of all, before we get to the avalanche, they are having the Winter Olympics in the same city they had the Summer Olympics. Huh. Does anybody find that bizarre? That is no. weird. All that of the great. snow, all of the snow, all of it mm-hmm. will have to be man-made for these Winter Olympics. Shut up. Yeah, but you saw the choices. It was like Kazakhstan or something like that well, instead. So like Kazakhstan or China? Come on hey, now. Kazakhstan yeah. is good enough for the Russian astronauts to land. That's good you said for- 2022? Yeah, 2022. 2022. They, wow. they, they say these things out a while. You got the time to prepare. So, uh, so what's he in trouble for? They've got time to make the snow. 
Yes, they're right, starting so, now. Right. I mean, he's facing a, an avalanche of criticism over claims his song bears an uncanny similarity to Let It Go. Which is uh, off the, the Frozen, Frozen song. Now, first of all, let me say that I am the only person with a pulse who has never heard this song. I've never seen you, the movie. You've never heard the song. I've never heard the song. Wow. I live in a you know I live in a in a coffin all week long. They let me out <laughs> on Sundays to come do the show. I go back home. I lay back down in the coffin. Uh, so let's hear first. Uh, let it go from Frozen, so I can get it's some a, idea. It's a beautiful of this. song. I'm sure it is. It's made nine gazillion dollars. Oh, what is that one? To be seen, a kingdom of isolation, and it looks like I'm the queen. The wind is howling like this swirling the storm inside. All right, now let's uh, let's take a listen to the 2022 Beijing by Zhao Zhao fake Winter Olympics theme. Now, are there no words to this one, or no? There's no words on this one. Not yet. Oh, oh, so they they still have to write the words. Oh, actually, that. No, here it is. That's exactly the same. They're the same song. Well, listen. Wow. Is there any surprise? These are the Chinese Olympics. They steal everything they steal from everything. us. Other other songs on the uh, on this album, or uh, I guess for the Olympics, is uh, other tracks include "Never Give Up," "Snow Dream," and the uh, "Welcome to the Great Wall of Skiing," <laughs> which is I, I gotta believe is like "Welcome to the Jungle." I want to hear it. Yes. But it's really yeah. welcome to the Great Wall of Skiing. You're gonna have some fun. We Win got yourself some medals. We got fake snowing games. <laughs> but I mean, this is no surprise to Hollywood. China's been ripping off everything right. they do. It's no surprise to Silicon Valley or Apple or any of these. China. Here's the thing about China. In order for China to become a great, great, great country, which is what they want, they have to allow their people to have freedom of speech, freedom of ideas, because they can get big and big and big and do everything synchro you know the way they opened the olympics last time and pull off things like this but they'll never produce a steve jobs right they'll never produce a bill gates a warren buffett anyone like this that's what you need freedom freedom of thought freedom of expression mm -hmm. and what china doesn't get is if they don't go in that direction and just open up and become a full-on republic democracy type of style thing they will never be anything more than people who are really good at reverse engineering things and copying things and uh, sooner or later, that's really the beauty. The only thing that can help China out of this is more capitalism. That's right. And that was just an excuse to go on a rant that I've been wanting to go on about China for a long time. What in the world does that have to do with the Olympics? <laughs> Somehow I pulled it together. Why? Because I'm just that good at what I do. America. Uh, Patrick, thank you for the WTF. Not as, uh, not as good looking as Autumn, but I think uh, a little golf clap for Patrick there. Yeah. I think they're burning, uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah. We still have a couple minutes here, though. You know, We might be able to knock out one more. What are you are you are you I'm, usurping my authority? Is this, what is no, this no, I'm just. I, I was just figuring. I, I my authority. I offered the option to you. So you have about two and a half minutes. Do you do this to Eric Erickson? When it, I, I bet not. Sometimes, you're afraid you know, of Eric Erickson. That's the thing. You're no. not afraid of me. I've got to make you afraid of me. <laughs> are you guys surprised to hear that uh, special investigators have found that DeKalb County no. is rotten to the core? No, <laughs> no. Now, okay, very quickly on this one. So this is an okay an investigation, right. and they've come back and basically said. The whole thing is rotten. Well, bribery, widespread abuses of taxpayer money, and theft of government property. As long as I can remember, this has been true about it's, DeKalb. Uh, 
forever. forever. I mean, I've, been, the- I've been around in you know local news and, yeah. and, and for twenty years, and it's always been. What there. was the name of the guy that was? Uh, they don't call it mayor there, R- but real Ellis, the CEO. No, no, he's in jail. But I mean, he's a few jail. years ago, the politician. I think he ran for Senate at one time, but he was like the commissioner of DeKalb. Vernon Jones. Vernon Jones. What's he you doing? You love Vernon Jones. What's he doing <laughs> these days? I don't know what he's doing these days. He ran for sheriff just uh, recently. He's just, he's just basically he just he, runs he just for office and, and runs loses. for whatever. He would never been a police officer. <laughs> ran for sheriff. Didn't but win, I mean, thankfully, things but, were uh, pretty kind of weird when he was there, right? And oh, that yeah. was a while ago. He's he. Uh, he somehow uh, got out of there. Yeah, he never went to jail. <laughs> he never went to jail. Uh, so the two or three people that have been muckety yeah. mucks in DeKalb are in jail now over right. the last few years, right? I mean, but I've heard uh, you know stories, you know, businesses that do business with with DeKalb County throughout the years. It's, it's sort of known that you write checks to people. Yeah, I mean, you write checks to officials. But why is that? How does that culture get started? I, I mean, what what why and. Is DeKalb a decent place to live? I don't live there. I mean, there's certain places, just yeah. like any county, I guess. Right. And uh, So they pulled know, off. Dunwoody, DeKalb. I live there. Yeah. Those, I live place, there. those are nice places. You enjoy living there? Candler Park's a beautiful neighborhood. So I yeah. guess what you're, what you're saying is keep it the same way it is. You don't want reform. doesn't affect me. Does Sorry, i got to stop you for one second, because I have to ask my producer for permission to take a break. Oh. Is it okay now? Oh, fine. Yeah, <laughs> we can go on and take a break. <laughs> there's a lot of outrage in this world, more than just Jared Yamamoto. <laughs> and English Nick is here to bring us Outrage Corner when we return. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.